Welcome to the Beck and Siri Show. And here at Team Series Tri Club, it's not just about swim, bike, run. It's about who you become. On our show, we don't just talk to you about swimming, cycling, and running. We talk about mindset. We talk about fearless authenticity and being your very best self. Hi there, Cam here from Team Sirius. Uh, we've got a special episode this week. We've got Surrey being interviewed by Mike Riley from Ironman where they discuss uh, Surrey's love of coaching, being cancer-free and struggling through tough times. I hope you enjoy it. Hi, Siri Lindley. How are you, my dear? I am doing well, Mike, especially now that I get to see your smiling face. Well, I'm going to start this interview by Siri Lindley is cancer-free. Oh my God. I mean, I, I is, just, you know, it's almost it's like I'm at a loss for words. I've been following and, and your journey, uh, we all have, and you're past that 80 day mark now on the bone marrow transplant. Uh, and we're going to talk about a lot of things, but you know, to, to all of a sudden discover you have leukemia and what you've gone through your entire life, it it's almost like your life prepared you for that, didn't it? Is this amazing? It is. You know, you're absolutely right. Every single thing that I have been through in my life has prepared me to be able to tackle this and allow me to triumph. Obviously, I'm still on the road here. It's, it's, it's a very long road uh, coming back from something like this. But um you know, those times in my life where I was faced with impossible circumstances, but I found a way to make the impossible possible. Um, you know, this, if you see behind me, my world championship win in 2001, yeah. the, the picture of me crossing the line, you know, that was something that seemed so impossible that I made possible. And when I was lying in the hospital for over a month, uh, in February and March, I brought that photo, not to be like, oh, hey, look at me, how cool am I, I'm a world champion, but that was my proof. And every day I looked at that and I thought that seemed impossible, but I made it possible. And, was you know, the odds of me surviving this, you know, a lot of people said it was impossible, but that was my proof. And we all have proof, we all have proof of those times where we didn't think we would make it, we didn't think we would succeed, but we did. And you've got to go back to that proof to remind yourself that you have everything you need inside of you, like anything and everything is possible. And that's what that picture did for me. Every day in the hospital, it showed me that I will triumph. I will get through this. I will not only survive, but I will thrive. And I know this is only the beginning, um, but we all have that proof. And don't ever forget it. Go back, access it. That is, those are your facts. Um, that's what gives you the belief. That's what gives you the ability to achieve anything. Well, you mentioned in there self-belief, you know, in your, in your beautiful book, Surfacing. The thing I got out of it most is obviously your self-doubt that you, you had surrounding your life, in your life, and all of a sudden, you turn it into self-belief, and, and uh, I truly believe that's what is getting you through your journey, this journey, because we go on so many journeys in our life, and this journey is one that the self-belief is so, so evident, and, and it's like we, we need self-belief today, 
because of our tough times. Yes. Do you see the correlation there? Isn't that amazing? Absolutely. And, and self-belief is everything. I believe that everything comes down to a decision that we make individually. And my decision when I was diagnosed was that I'm living. I'm going to triumph here. I have so much life to live. I have so much love to give. I have so much work to do that, that can touch lives and make a difference in this world. But we have to make that decision. And that decision is based in your self, your self belief, where you decide that nothing is going to stop you from achieving what it is that matters to you. Well, it, uh, I'm going to switch gears a little bit because you, you are so well known as the world champion, but yet a renowned coach. And your coaching has probably filled you up in ways that your athletic career didn't. What, what, what do you believe coaching's giving you that racing didn't give you? Oh, wow. I mean, the ability to have it be about something so much more than just you. And I believe in anything. And I believe that even an athlete can make their journey about something way more than just themselves. But when an athlete comes to me and they, they're like handing their dream to me and we all know like our dreams are like gold and they're saying, I trust in you to, that you're going to help me achieve this dream of mine. That is the ultimate privilege. And to be a part of an athlete's journey, which to me is not just about the physical journey. It's, it's the mind, it's the body, it's the spirit, it's the growth, it's the development as a human being. Um, there's no greater privilege. And um, to witness uh, that growth, to witness that victory, that fulfillment at the end of the journey and to be a part of it, um, there's nothing more fulfilling to me. And my coaching, you know, so many people thought, well, she's, you know, going through this, she's not going to coach anymore. I've been coaching the whole way through. And that, you know, when you're focusing, I think a lot of times, and especially like you're talking about times like these, we're all going through a difficult time. But if we self-obsess during this time, we're going to be depressed, we're going to be frustrated, overwhelmed, we're going to be anxious. But when you come out of yourself, and you focus on others. What can I do for another right now? How can I impact another person's life? How can I give in this moment to make a positive difference for someone? That takes us out of that self-obsession and actually puts us in a place where we are doing something that is making us feel fulfilled and alive and like we have purpose. And that is going to lessen the anxiety, lessen the depression, lessen the frustration. So the coaching for me has been, you know, it's helped accelerate my healing, I truly believe, because I'm staying connected to what I'm so passionate about and being a part of helping another's life be a little bit better. And your your partner and your wife, Rebecca Keat, you know, obviously taking out some of the load of the coaching because you guys are an incredible team on on what you do with all your coaching and and. You know, no matter if you're coaching an age group athlete, and a lot of age group athletes always ask me, so should I should I get a coach? Because they're really only for the pros. But that's not true because the age group athletes 
have those goals and aspirations just like the professionals do. You sometimes find yourself seeing an age group athlete who may be a 15, 16 hour person at an Ironman race, give you just a hint more of satisfaction of making sure they get to that finish line. Oh my God. I mean, I, the majority of my athletes are age groupers now and, um, kind of by choice. And I have found that to be so incredibly fulfilling, especially taking an athlete that has never run over 10 minutes before. And now they're racing Ironman. I mean, that to me is the most inspiring thing in the world. I mean, every athlete's journey is so inspiring in, in their own unique way. Um, but when you look at like an age group or someone that's never done it before, they're dealing with, you know, the uncertainty and the lack of confidence and that feeling of, you know, how can I possibly achieve this thing that seems so impossible? And it's just the ultimate inspiration, um, not only for me as a coach, but for everybody that's not even involved in Ironman when they see someone take on this impossible feat and you see them develop the confidence and the strength and the ability to get from start to finish. It, it's, it's beautiful. It, it has to be so, so darn satisfying. I just can't even imagine. And we've been seeing that you've been watching and on the VR series that <laughs> Ironman has on every weekend with the pros racing against one another. Obviously, so many age groupers have signed up. Do you have your athletes doing some of the VR during these times where they can't get out? Yeah, I have a few athletes doing it. My approach right now, because we have so much time, um, I don't want anyone kind of emptying their tank right now. Um, so I've kind of, some of them are doing it and they are loving it, but I'm kind of having them hold back a little bit um, because there is the uncertainty of, you know, when are we going to be racing? And I don't want them to come out of this period having crushed themselves where they're lacking motivation, they're overtrained, anything like that. So I'm kind of keeping everyone at like that 80% maximum effort, but they're doing it to stay motivated, to feel involved, to feel connected. Um, it's such an amazing thing that you've got going because it, it keeps everyone feeling like, yes, we are a part of this big family and we are all you know, taking part in our passion and this sport that we love so much. And we're still doing this together, even though we're separate at home. So I think it's just absolutely brilliant. And I'm encouraging all my athletes to do it. I'm just saying, hey, hold back a little bit. Don't yeah, leave it all out there, Ray. <laughs> Who who'd have thunk, Siri, that we, we have to tell triathletes to back off just a little, exactly. you know? It's hard. <laughs> it takes more strength. I'm finding that. <laughs> For my athletes, it takes so much more mental strength to go easy than it does to just lay it all out there. So it's been a, a, an incredible lesson in discipline for all of them. Well, I, I want to uh, talk about another passion that you have with your Believe Ranch, your rescue of, of the horses that are in danger and, and may be put down, but you're taking them in. And it's very near to me because my sister-in-law actually works at a rescue place called, what is it? Forgive me not sanctuary out of Missouri. So you two are kindred spirits in that. Tell us a little bit about that. And, 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 you know, it's not just about the human race. It's about the race and, 
And what you're doing there is just absolutely amazing and to see some of these horses come back from almost not being able to walk and yet you've got them. It's almost like you're training your athletes back into life. It, there's such a parallel there, Mike. And thank you for acknowledging this. It's, it's absolutely my wife and my passion. Um, so every year, 60,000 horses are being sent to slaughter. And these are, you know, most of them perfect riding horses, therapy horses. So we're saving these horses and the majority of them go off and they are helping kids with disabilities, um, helping people heal from PTSD or addiction. Um, they're incredibly powerful healers. Um, and what Beck and I have done is we've actually created a new foundation. We raised half a million dollars in March. Um, and we are going to ban the slaughter of horses altogether. And we're doing an amazing job. It's called In Our Hands Action Fund. Even if you're not an animal lover, think about the impact that these animals are having on humans. Um, they're helping me heal. I believe they've accelerated my healing monumentally, um, which I'm so grateful for. And I know they will continue to do this because this is a long journey. Um, but please help us and support us. Um, we're super excited about it. And it's only the beginning. And once we ban horse slaughter, we'll move into another area where we can make a positive difference and give a voice to those that don't have their own. Well, I, li I live in San Diego County in a horse area of San Diego County and running my trails. I've got I've got Zoe. I've got Pickles. I, I know the horse. I've got to stop and I always pet them on the nose and they come up. I carry, carry uh, carrots and give it to them. And it just it just fills you up. It, I go. I just feel like I'm on cloud nine after I I, I meet with them and talk with them. So I, 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 I know where you're coming from with that. And it's it's so beautiful. Well, I, I so have much. to I have to end with a recollection that I have because. People always ask, oh, Mike, you saw this at the finish line or you saw that. What's your most favorite memory? And, you know, all, and it's hard to put anything into one. But I will never forget when Marinda Carfrey, when Rennie won Kona, I believe it was for the first time, and the embrace that you two had at the finish line. I mean, I'm almost tearing up thinking about it now because, because that embrace said more to the fans around than my words could ever say about it. Of you bringing home a world champion that you had such a nice big part of and her being in appreciation of that, that had to be one of the most special moments of your life. I'm riddled in goosebumps right now with you reminding me of that moment. I mean, one of the greatest moments of my entire life, um, far more uh, powerful emotionally than my own world championship win because it's something we shared together. and. This was a new frontier for us, and we decided that we were going to do it our way and, and you know, follow our hearts and come up with a plan that we both believed in that wasn't what everyone else was doing, um, but take a chance on us and believe in what we thought would work. Um, but to share that many amazing moments together, the ups and the downs, the failures, the victories, um, there's nothing more powerful. And, and I guess in, in remembering this, I would say to everyone out there, don't ever underestimate the power of your journey. Don't forget every step that led you to crossing that finish line. 
because sometimes we do, sometimes we're so focused on, okay, what's next? And, but really embrace and hold on to every moment of that journey that got you to crossing that line, because that's the stuff that's so special. That's the stuff that makes you and I tear up right now in remembering that embrace at the finish line, because it's not just about that moment. It's about every moment we shared, the good, the bad, the ugly, the beautiful. Um, but really appreciate that and embrace that and hold that inside of you because it's those memories that get you through anything in the future. Siri, that's, that's some of the best advice I've heard all year long. <laughs> and the, your mantra of, of self-belief is so true. And it's true of the heart. It's true of the soul. And it and it heals. So from me and all of our Ironman family and triathlon family throughout the world, we wish you the best. We know you're on a little bit of a difficult journey right now, but you can see that light at the end of the tunnel. I, I, I feel that immensely. I am cancer free and I feel so blessed to be a part of this beautiful family. Um, I love you all so much. That may sound strange, but I love you all so much. I love you, Mike Riley. Um, and I so look forward to all the amazing memories that we're all going to make together uh, within this family. So thank you. Thank you, Siri, and, and the warmest of aloha to you and to Beck. Aloha. Thank you, Mike Riley. Thank you, everyone. I love you. Good luck to you. Celebrate you every single day. You're magnificent. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye. Hi there, Cam here again. Thanks for listening. Uh, if you want to join our club and get live interaction with Beck and Surrey every week, uh, we'd love to have you. Uh, you can join up by going to teamseriestriclub.com.